Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth, the founder of CSU and your host. And today I'm here with Rivers Pierce. Uh, I met Rivers, geez, it's probably been two years ago now. We were, we were at Jeff Cohn's event, uh, his team building summit in Omaha. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'd, I'd met you maybe once before that at a, at a KW event, but maybe uh, and then I think here and there in passing at one of your, uh, your Boomtown events. So when I think of you rivers and I think probably a lot of the industry, they think of Boomtown. Yeah. Uh, so I know you were one of the, one of the first people at Boomtown. So maybe you could just start by giving us your background sure. so that people know know kind of your history in this awesome. industry. Yeah, awesome. Well, first off, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I am, uh, I guess, in, in the terms of real estate technology, a bit of a, a vet, a veteran in that sense. Um, I, uh, the full scope, I've, I've been doing digital marketing and technology in one shape or fashion since about 2005. Um, got my start doing e-commerce and lead generation at an ad agency in Atlanta. And then moved to Charleston, South Carolina in early 2010 to join a real estate technology startup called Boomtown. Um, I was a temp employee and they were looking for somebody that knew search engine marketing, basically lead generation. And I, that's what I did. So uh, I was the department for a good year, year and a half. Uh, we were all like one person department. Um, so how long ago was this? It was... Um, March of 2010. So it's okay. been almost 10 years. Okay. Um, it was a 10 person company. I think Boomtown had 50 clients. And, you know, over the years, we, when I left about a year and a half, about a year ago, um, we had 3000 clients and, you know, 300 employees. So I think for those that know Boomtown, it's been a, a great success story in real estate tech. And especially in Charleston, South Carolina, one of the major players here on the tech scene. And, and, um, but, you know, through my time there, you know, I, I, I brought, you know, kind of did the lead gen thing um, and, and client services and marketing department there. And, and over the years, uh, kind of moved into eventually being the head of industry and basically chief evangelist. I was just out on the road for about the last two years doing about 100,000 miles on Delta um, at all the conferences, all the events, speaking, panel, keynotes, blog posts, you name it, I've probably done it. And you can imagine that while my background is heavily in digital marketing and advertising and technology, um, by osmosis and attending every franchise, you know, conference and masterminds and, and all of these things, I just learned the space inside and out. So I've never been on the real estate industry practitioner side. I've certainly bought and sold my own real estate, but, uh, or always worked with an agent, but, um, I can also speak to operations and team structures and brokerage structures, as well as the various technology and marketing and advertising and operational components that support all of that, right? Um, And then just in general, monitoring the space, as you know, like 
when, when Boomtown first came out, it was like us and market leader and tiger leads, you know, and now the, the real estate technology space, we don't have the graph, but I mean, the, the growth of, 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 uh, of, of money coming into the space has gone from nothing to like $5 billion this year. So yeah. um, it's exploded. And I think it's been great to be kind of on the forefront of that just by default every year, something new comes out. And I just happened to be involved at an early enough stage to learn and, and understand the core of how this all works. So um, anyway, happy to answer any questions. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on the space and, and I think you and I are on the yeah. same page there that it's, uh, this is, I think, probably the most exciting time to be a part of this industry. It's, it's really, really uh, exploding, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's reshaping as well. I think that can create a lot of fear but it also creates even more opportunities. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's interesting when, when I met you, you were that you were in that evangelist mode of mm -hmm. uh, being out on the road. And, you know, I could tell you were just bouncing around <laughs> from one event to another. Yeah. And uh, anyway, um, however, at every event you're going to, you're there with some of the top team owners, especially yeah. Boomtown focused on teams, really mm -hmm. the top team owners, in the in the nation right yeah. and so you sure. talked about understanding what's working what's not how they run their business all that stuff i i understand that just from my role right now i'm looking into people's business every day and talking to them about how they're they're operating their business <clears throat> and i know you've done the same thing so for uh, a lot of our listeners out there i mean what are some of the the key things that you're seeing in the industry today that are that are changing maybe, uh, maybe what, what are some of the, the risk factors and yeah. some of the opportunities? Well, I mean, I think the thing, it's funny, I had a, a meeting with a, a, a friend who's also just started his own brokerage this morning. And he's like, well, what's your silver bullet? And I was like, call your leads. <laughs> Let's start at the basics. Like there are core things that haven't changed, right? You generate business opportunities, you should follow up with them. You need to have a process and structure to do that. That's increasingly over the years become, you know, as it takes more and more volume to get to the, you know, closed deals, you've got to have operational infrastructure that is more and more powered by technology to do that at scale and not have to have 50 people working in an administrative role on your team. So, I mean, there's still the core of things has not changed of, of you generate business opportunities, you need to follow up with them and have a protocol for doing that on an ongoing basis, because you know, as well as I do, uh, lead gen is just a means to an end, right? You're just trying to get people into the database. That's where you make your money. Um, but I think, you know, the bottom line, what I've been kind of preaching the last year and even more, God, for years, but it's really now is, you know, technology is essential. It is, has to be treated as a pillar of your business, as a partner, as a team member, whatever you want to call it. But nice to have is not an option anymore, right? Um, that doesn't mean, I think the struggle is you tell that to someone and they are looking at Compass or they're looking at Redfin or even what Keller Williams and Remax have done with their tech stack. And they're saying, oh my gosh, I've got to have this end-to-end -end system that's all in, you know, one system to rule them all kind of mentality. And what I'm pushing yeah. and what I'm finding is, no, you don't. And uh, typically I'll do a project with someone and I'll look under the hood and I'll say, you actually have pretty much all you need from a technology standpoint. It's just not hooked together, right? It's just not talking to each other or it's not funneling into a system like CSU that actually gives you insight into all this 
data that you have, right? And how you visualize these pro, uh, processes and protocols and, and opportunities and wins and losses and all of these things. It's almost a mindset shift. Once the light bulb comes on, uh, then they get it, right? And we can build you something or you can build something out of uh, off-the-shelf SaaS technology that powers your business in a, in a very scalable um, and a budget-friendly way um, where, you know, it's not that, you know, you know, Gary Keller and Robert Refkin and these guys are like, like gaslighting you some, somehow, like you have to use their system if you're going to succeed. But yeah. that's not the case. But you do have to have technology and you do have to have a system and you do need to be looking at data, right? I mean, those are not nice to haves anymore. And I think it just comes down to if you're going to compete with the people at that scale that are, that are those franchises and those companies and the big teams and brokers, um, you have to be thinking in a new way and really embracing technology, bottom line. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that you've always been focused on is really being pro-agent and yeah. same with me, right? There are a lot of technology companies out there trying to eliminate the agent. I think yeah. that's, that's changing in a, in a way that my perspective of that is that the, the, the agent is not going away. And these companies that have worked on eliminating the agent are now hiring agents. I think the big change is it, the disruptor is not eliminating the agent so much as changing the pay of the agent. Yeah. So, yep. so when you look at that, you know, all of those companies seem to be hiring uh, salaried agents. What do you see happening with the industry as far as that, that piece goes? And yeah, how, I mean, how do these team owners stay ahead of the industry in that aspect? Yeah, I think, I think what you're happening, and I'm now kind of speculating, but I think what you've got happening is there, there's nothing wrong if you look at Redfin, right? Redfin's doing some really cool things, and they've got some great technology, um, and they are a, uh, an employee-based model. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there who say, well, you know, real estate's about being independent and making as much money and no ceiling and all that. And I'm like, well, there's probably a lot of people out there that just want a job, right? They just want to show up get paid and still be in real estate. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. That, that's, that's fine. And I think they're starting to see success with that. Um, I think what it boils down to, if you kind of peel it all the way back is in our society these days, we want um, uh, convenience, right. On demand, push button kind of convenience level. Uh, but, but we also want uh, transparency and certainty that's out of the services that we're getting back from people, right? I, I open up my Uber app. I see it happening. I push a button. It happens. I know it's going to arrive. I know how much it's going to cost. And I see the whole process. Convenient, certain, transparent. I think from a real estate professional or practitioner perspective, being able to give them uh, on the industry side, you know, whether it's certainty and volume of leads, technology, you know, transparency of how you run your business and commissions and things like that. Uh, but also that certainty of maybe people are moving away from being able or being comfortable with the ups and downs of being an independent contractor. I think you don't have to move to a W2 model by any stretch, but um, although there is some merit there, I think, and Redfin is proving that out. But I think that having these systems and operations and as real estate itself becomes more operationalized that'll create more certainty for the agent um i think the days of the kind of fly by night don't have a crm just you know 
get the deals as they come kind of agent are going to go away. And if you think about it from a consumer perspective, um, real estate, as I said, is just getting more and more operationalized. And, it, and on one side of the spectrum, the extreme end would be open door, for example, right? You basically yeah. push a button, you get an, uh, an offer. It's, it, it, it is cutting out the agent per se, but that's a, and it's a small segment of the market. It's a little more expensive, but it serves its purpose. And those, go, those customers that want that kind of experience will go that direction, fully operationalized. On the other side, kind of looking at a team would be kind of the, the, the next phase of how that's happening in the general real estate world. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that operationalization, if that's a word, that that kind of mindset and how that's, that consumers are going to expect the byproduct of that, right? And the byproduct of that is a very clean, clear, transparent, certain real estate transaction on their end. I think just the, the byproduct of that is that agents are going to get more of a, uh, a job almost kind of experience if they're part of a team or a, or a more professional or progressive brokerage. Does that make yeah. any sense? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things you said was that agents maybe want more certainty or are actually getting more certainty. Mm -hmm. I, I see that happening with team owners and brokerages as well, because now they, they have the tools out there to know if I generate this many leads, this is what I can produce with my business. And, and they can really forecast their business in a way they never Absolutely. could before, right? Absolutely. I was talking at a conference recently about this, that um, any other business uh, that's not real estate that I've found is like built on data forecasting models, predictability, like actually being able to predict growth and trends. Yep. You have to think like that with real estate now. The technology exists to do it. The data is all there to do it. You just have to track it properly use tools to visualize it, and then have the business and operations protocols in place to actually capitalize and exploit these, you know, wins that you have or trim the fat off of the problems, right? Like whatever, the, whatever you're doing as a result of that, but operating real estate the way it was done 10 years ago or even five years ago just isn't going to scale into the future, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying yeah. you've got to change entirely, but you've got to embrace this shift that has happened. It's already happened. Um, now it's a lot of people I think are just playing catch up with it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, obviously, uh, as the CEO of CISO, a lot of our focus is really being able to, to help forecast and, and put in some of that pr predictive analytics so that they know what, what's happening with their business and, and can make better business decisions. Now I was on, I was on the call yesterday with a maps coach. His name's Jim Gray. And he actually shared with me some things that he's actually had us build some stuff into our platform that allow him to not only forecast based off of what's under contract, but to forecast based off of when they expect the transaction to close, whether it's one mm. month out, two months out, three months out, four months out. So it's giving us the ability to add a little bit more knowledge behind it. And uh, anyway, just something that, you know, I learn every day as I'm out speaking with with our customers, right? So yep. just a lot, lot of great things out there happening that people can do to really change their business. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. So you, you have been gone from Boomtown for how long? What have you been doing? Uh, yeah. Um, so I left Boomtown about a year ago, full time, uh, very amicable, have a really great relationship with those guys. Obviously, uh, was there for a long time, helped build that company and love them. 
Um, but I wanted to do some other things, kind of spread my wings a bit. Um, and I have started uh, quietly, I started my own uh, consulting firm slash agency slash professional services group. Um, and we are called Weightless. And so the premise there is um, basically that the, the tagline is kind of like, you know, business is heavy enough, technology shouldn't be, right? We want to create weightless experiences of your technology infrastructure. And it's kind of getting at the core of this unsexy world that we've been talking about that absolutely is critical to running your business now. It shouldn't be this cumbersome process for your clients and, and you know, for your agents and then ultimately for your clients. But, you know, how do you create systems and architect a, a marketing technology or MarTech stack that just doesn't feel like this cumbersome thing to actually utilize that ultimately, you know, you're using it to produce value and insight. And we're building those kinds of um, infrastructure, you know, for lack of a better term, for brokers, teams, agents, and working with SaaS companies and technology companies that want to work with agents and brokers and teams. Um, but as inevitably, part of that comes with that is like, hey, yeah, we need to integrate these, you know, five pieces of technology in a better way, but also that has front-end consumer design elements potentially to it. Uh, so we do front-end website design and, and uh, that could be working with a platform like Boomtown or somebody's platform and just giving it a yep. fresh coat of paint or building a custom web or app type of experience. Um, and then we also do some digital marketing and advertising for folks because, you know, that's just the world, obviously, that we come from. So I've assembled yeah. a team um, of designers, developers, integration and API experts, um, and then general real estate expertise that if you think about um, a big brokerage, for example, there are companies out there that you can consult with, but you're starting at like $50,000 entry level pricing. And I said, well, how do you bring something that it brings, you know, world-class expertise, not only in technology, design, digital marketing, but also real estate specific for all of those things. How do you mm -hmm. bring that from, okay, it's a custom, oh, I'm sorry, a custom sort of engagement um, that you can have them at a few thousand dollars a month, right? How right. do we do that? And because a team maybe not a single agent, but a good team and a small brokerage still deserves access to that level of expertise. And that's my mission is to democratize it a bit and kind of lean on this sharing on-demand kind of model. Um, and that's what we're, we're still kind of working through. So if anybody's interested in talking about it, I'd love to talk to you. Um, we can certainly do custom engagements, but I'd really like to hear, you know, the bottom line, and you, you know this, running a technology company, I talk to brokers and a lot that are like, oh, I had a developer on staff and I've now had three and they keep quitting and I have to teach them real estate. And by the time I teach them real estate, they roll off the team, right? It's like, how do you have access to technology and expertise for real estate in an ongoing basis for a fraction of the cost? That's what we want to bring to the table. Yeah. Okay, great. So you saw this need. One of the things you just brought up, I'd love to hear more about your need, but something you just brought up is real estate companies. And this could be, it sounds like you're talking about a small brokerage maybe that has a 200 to 2000 agents mm -hmm. and they've, they've had a couple on staff people that they can't keep around. Yep. Um, and I've seen it at, at much higher levels where large entities have tried to build technology over and over again 
And it's a very, I, I think the point here that you bring up and that I've definitely recognized is real estate companies are good at what they do, which is real estate. Yes. But as soon as they try to shift gears and get into technology, yes. obviously there are people trying to prove this wrong today, but it's usually to this point resulted in failure, right? Unless it's someone like Compass, KW, Remax, Redfin with hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, right? And multi-hundred person technology teams, right? They yep. are doing pretty well. Now they've all had some slip ups. It's, it's that like you're talking about. I, I am a 200 person, 50 person, whatever brokerage. I've built something. Even down to the core, they forget like they don't even know necessarily that, okay, yeah, you built something. It's pretty good. Well, who's going to maintain it on a regular basis? Who's going to ensure all the APIs stay up to date? Like then it, they don't, right? And what yeah. happens, you get this technology that nobody can work with over yeah. a five-year period. Right. Um, I, think, but, I think what I see is people always put this target. Well, in two years, this is where we want to be. And then in two years when they get there, everything else is two years ahead of that, right? And so, it's not more. so they, exactly. never get, they never get to where they actually want to be. Exactly. And so I think the premise and the argument here is that we've established the fact that technology must have in real estate, right? To compete at scale into the future, you have to, to it has to be a, a, a real pillar of your business. That means you've got to commit to the resources to make that happen. I don't think that necessarily means you've got to go find a developer, designer, you know, real estate technology, API expertise, all, you know, a half a million dollar team, uh, which is going to be almost impossible. So how do you bring that level of service and expertise to people that need it at a very, at a fraction of the cost? And it's almost more of an on-demand type of model. Um, there's, I mean, you know, as well as I do, finding developer talent in general is hard enough, right? Uh, yeah. Even in, in the big cities, I mean, there's plenty of talent, but they move around quickly. They make a lot of money. They're not, nobody's sitting there twiddling their thumbs waiting for a technology or a digital marketing job, right? They're right. all employed. Um, it's, you know, we're just trying to figure out a solution that helps a lot more people that have to deal with, like, you have to embrace this. And how do you do that, again, in a way that is, is in line with your business and your goals and that maybe it's 500 bucks a month, maybe it's $5,000 a month based on your needs, but how do you make that happen for people? And that's what we're, we're trying to figure out. Okay, so the whole you saw is if I'm, a, if I'm a real estate company, smaller real estate company, and that's all relative, right? But yep. uh, a broker at a local level or smaller, then there's this gap of being able to really fill their technology needs. And you've seen that that's lacking. And so you've built a team that can come in and really take that on for this brokerage or for this team, make Correct. sure they have all the best technologies and that those are all communicating and handling their digital marketing and front end services. Is that, is that an accurate description of? You got it. That's one, one of the pillars. And then ultimately though, inevitably those conversations turn into, can you also help, if we're integrating something to your website, we would like to redesign some things or um, we need to, some of it's like, we don't even understand exactly what we're supposed to be doing, right? So yeah. a lot of education um, and, and sometimes content writing and things like that, like what can facilitate the process a little more, but it's really working with people to educate them about how to think about their business, implement new technology, tighten things up, 
you know, we start talking about APIs, uh, integration, uh, uh, data integrity, right? These yeah. things that are critical to doing business in this day and age, um, whether in real estate or whatever you're doing, you know, we just happen to work in this space. And I just have heard it time and time and time again. Not only we, we do understand this, but we have trouble attracting and, and keeping talent um, all the way down to, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, but I need to protect my business. Yeah. Right. So my guess is that most of our listeners definitely have a CRM. Yep. Right. Um, they definitely are signing docs with e-signature platforms. Right. Yep. right. Those are, those are things that I think have become so widely adopted that pretty much everybody successfully performing in the real estate industry has those. Yes. You're talking about integrating these different technologies. What, I mean, what are some of the technologies out there that maybe some of these guys aren't aware of that, that you see that you've come across over the last year or two yeah. that, that you feel can make a difference and, and are playing a role in, in maybe what you're doing in the future? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, like the, the core. You got to have a CRM. You need to have um, some sort of transaction. You know, e, there's e-signature, document storage. And then there's that transaction management, right? So you, whether you're doing an all-in-one kind of suite, a dot loop, a broker man, or a DocuSign or, or SkySlope or something, or you know, you're breaking it up into different pieces. I think what people oftentimes forget on the back end of the transaction is the management piece, the checklist software, whatever that is. That's one, one piece. But CRM, transaction management, back office, kind of that, that bleeds into one. Um, those are the core. And, and I think a product like yours, like you've got to have some sort of data visualization, something, right? Even if it's just Google analytics, but the days of keeping multiple Google spreadsheets and all like, there's no need to do that. I mean, you yeah. can, it's, it works, but let's talk like, if you've got a CISO, why don't you use it? <laughs> right. It integrates into everything. So that is one piece. And I think some of those, those are the core. Um, but then beyond that, I think you need to be looking at um, call phone tracking software. So not dialers per se. I mean, that's fine if you're doing a high volume of, of rapid fire dialing, but like call tracking, um, like companies like CallRail or Invoca, um, these are not real estate specific technologies, but in a phone call based business, right? Ask any real estate agent, if, as long as I get them on the phone, I got them, right? Well most people don't track any of their phone calls. Um, you know, just knowing that if you're running advertising on Google and Facebook and Instagram and you've got email marketing and Zillow and all this stuff, like every one of those should have a trackable phone number for each so that, you know, I mean, you want that phone ringing, right? So, so just to clarify for everybody here, Rivers, what you're talking about when you're talking about tracking calls, you're talking about knowing where your inbound calls are coming from so that you know where to spend your marketing dollars. Is you that, got it, right? Is that correct? Okay. Uh, what I've seen time and time again is our cost per lead is $50, hypothetically speaking. Okay. Okay. Well, what are you calculating that on? Oh, digital lead forms, online lead forms. Okay. Um, let's put some call tracking in place. A month later, our cost per lead is $20 now. Like, no, cost per lead's always been $20. You just weren't tracking the 150 phone calls from Google and Facebook you were getting every month. And those leads are stellar, right? And on top of that, you can go, I, I know that this ad drives phone calls, this ad does not. What do we learn from that, right? Um, on, on, on the back end, so you're, you're optimizing phone calls the same way you optimize keyword bids or, 
a Facebook ad copy or something, right? Yeah. You're optimizing against the phone call traffic. Um, the other thing is most of the software, you can record all of these inbound phone calls, right? So if you've got a lead concierge or an ISA or somebody answering that phone or even an agent round robin and you've got a script that they're supposed to use, well, you can then go through and say, all right, the agents getting these calls are closing deals or setting appointments or whatever, and these are not. Okay, why? Let's listen to them. Well, they're not going on script. And you can even take it further. I mean, it costs a little more money as you do this, but you can tell these systems, monitor for these keywords in the script that we've given you uh, into the AI-powered kind of system, and it'll score them and say, look, these reps are not saying what they're supposed to say, right? Mm -hmm. So it's certainly a next level, but in a phone-based business, it's, to me, it's critical. So um, I think that's a big one. I think visualization, like, like a product like yourself, um, you know, the, the other one is, is people are not necessarily aware. Once you tell them about APIs, for example, um, and you, they understand that what APIs do, they help two pieces of technology talk to each other and then kind of do things with each other. Um, well, there's middleware out there like API Nation or Zapier or RealSync that's specific to the real estate space. Understanding that you can, you can create a, an ecosystem for your technology by using what's called middleware. Um, and you're just basically saying, all right, I want, um, if, it's, uh, if a lead is created or this action happens in Boomtown or my CRM, I want it to send that information to CISU and do something with it there, right? At least pass this information around. That's how you start to build these tech stacks that allow you to um, really customize it to your business. And so I think that's the one piece that really gets into the nitty gritty kind of, again, unsexy tech infrastructure world. Um, but that's how you start tying these things together. That's how you start yeah. creating workflows and, and uh, data integrity. And, and then it allows you down the road to say, actually, I'm not happy with this product or outgrown this product. I'm going to take it out. I'm going to put something else in and just wire it back together. And you're not interrupting this. You're not dealing with this massive workflow change adoption or anything like that, you know, and that's what you get in the past is these people that built these end to end systems changing that is like moving a glacier. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. not the world that you and I are operating in. It's like, uh, it's more of like an engine, like we're taking out this piece of the engine and putting a better or newer or different piece in. Yeah. Great point. So you were just talking a second ago about something that I know our customers are really, really interested in right now, which is really understanding their, you know, cost per leads, not only cost per lead, but cost per lead per agent. Yep. Right. Making decisions on where to spend the dollars. And I think you just took, you just took that to the next level. I think there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this. They're going to want to know more about that, but really measuring it at, at even a higher level than, than is being done within CSU, right? Where you're tracking some of this stuff. And I know Rivers, we've had conversations about adding some, some of this uh, earlier tracking into CSU as well yep. from Google analytics. Yep. Um, so, so we're excited about that, but that's something that I, I see a lot of people based on what I'm, I'm experiencing right now. I see a lot of people coming to you and really <laughs> wanting to understand that at a deep, deeper level. Yeah. So, and you know, I think you and I can agree at the core, it's really not that hard to track things at that level. Uh, let me rephrase that, to have that information to make decisions on and visualize, but you have to track it, right? And in order to track it, you have to have the right infrastructure from a technology standpoint to do it. 
And the days of trying to do that manually in spreadsheets and things like that, are, you know, there's no need and it's not going to scale, right? And so yeah. I like to help people put infrastructure, which is mindset and technology and operational protocols in place to track all of these things, um, you know, because that's the only way to do it. And you can. So if you can, you, you probably should in yeah. this regard. Not everything, you, you know, just because you can do something. But if you can track it, you should track it. Because the last thing you want to do, and you've been in this situation too, probably, it's like, hey, uh, we really want to see this kind of report. And it's like, okay, well, we haven't been tracking that. So we can start today. And in 30 days, we'll be able to give you some reporting on it, right? I say, let's get it all on the table now. And we're going to track everything we can, whether you're using it tonight, today, in 30 days. What you don't want to end up is in six months saying, God, I'd really like to know X, Y, Z. And it's like, we don't have that data, right? So yeah. that happens a lot. And I like to get in front of all of that. Yeah, one of the things you talk about tracking, and I think people want to automate that as much as possible, right? Therefore, yeah. we're talking about some of these middleware companies that you were talking about, such as RealSync or Zapier or API Nation. So, mm -hmm. um, however, I find that a lot of the top producing teams really want their people to track rather than automate mm -hmm. because they feel like it really gets a commitment at a higher level. What are, what are your thoughts around that? Um, I, I, you know, I'm fine with that too. You mean like when they're, they're dialing, they, they track it manually in this, in a CRM or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I think it's great. What I have seen from working with, you know, tens of thousands of different agents over the years is it's not, um, it's hard to scale it because there's unpredictability in it. Some agents are great at it and others, no matter what will not do, they yeah. might do half of it. Right. Yep. They may call half their leads and may log half their things, but, Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I was in the car. Oh, you know, there's always an excuse. I, I don't, I like to create scalable operational systems and redundancy and, you know, you can't have one bad apple literally can mess up the whole bunch when you're trying to do 10 agent data modeling, if you will. And, yeah. you know, but, uh, but having them buy in and, and, but, <laughs> then this comes back to saying, all right, we're going to make them do this on their own, manually log this stuff. You better have some really strong, you know, agent accountability tracking metrics in place so you can single out the ones that are not doing it. So it, it's, yeah, you're just kind of shifting the, the yeah. tracking around a bit. I mean, we have customers that do both, right? Uh, both, both types of customers that, uh, so, so uh, let's, let's shift gears for a second. I really want to find out your take on, so in the coming years, the next couple of years, what are going to be some key things from your perspective? I know I have a very strong opinion of this and that's our focus, but okay. what, what's your opinion of where the industry, like what are some of the key things that people are going to need to do to be more efficient in their business mm. in order to not get left behind? Because now things are moving so far mm -hmm. and advancing so fast that if you don't stay on top of it, you could get left behind. And that's really the risk in today's industry. Do you have any, anything there that-, that I do, I do. I'm trying to think of where to begin. This is a, it's a good, we could talk for hours about this. Um, maybe, maybe just uh, one or two key, key things that you see changing and that you think are really important for real estate teams to stay up on, to stay relevant. Yeah, I think, I think it comes back to getting in the mindset 
uh, and I see this a lot, and this is not necessarily technology specific, it's um, real estate agents, teams, brokers, whatever, like they forget that they are also just as much members of this on-demand sharing mobile economy that we all live in, right? Uh, the same people that are standing outside looking at their Uber, kind of getting mad at it when they take a wrong turn, right? Like you go from five years ago saying, wait a minute, I'm going to get in somebody's car and they're going to take me where I'm going. And like, like, no, that's weird to five years now, later, you're, you're mad at the Uber driver for taking a left turn and you should have taken a right turn. And it's going to take four minutes instead of three minutes to get to you. Right. That's or, or now you're having that Uber driver pick up your kids and take them somewhere. <laughs> right. Or you've got Lyft and Uber open at the same time. I mean, like, right. We, yeah. We've changed. So just that as, a, as an example, and whether it's Amazon or Netflix or any of these other things that have, they're reshaping the way consumers do life, right? It's how we operate differently. However, as soon as they walk into the real estate office, it's like 1998 again, right? And they can't understand why somebody wouldn't want to come down and sign 100 pieces of paper, right? That's what I'm trying to get people to realize is that if you don't wake up and start really putting yourself in your own shoes, right? You are still the same person that when you walk out of here, you're mad at Uber or, or you're ordering something one click from Amazon, but you walk in the office and you're still doing things on a legal pad. It, it's getting that mindset shift, right? Because when you walk out the door, your consumers are, if you're in Phoenix or Atlanta or Nashville, right? You've got Compass, you've got Redfin, you've got Open Door, you've got Zillow, you've got uh, all of these models in these, in, in maybe not in these smaller cities, but certainly in the top tier market, your consumers are going to come to you and say, what are you doing for me for 6%? These guys said they'd buy my house. You gave me an estimate that maybe uh, this company over here said they'd sell it for 1%. This one over here said they do uh, pay at closing repairs and staging for me and all that's part of it. And you like, what, what's the value prop here? Like, You've got to be aware that these things are happening. And if it's not about, it's about what the consumer is dealing with in the rest of the world and the rest of their life. And you've got to be able to present, um, you know, with team leaders and brokers, a lot of times you see what is the answer is, well, I'm not in the consumer business. I'm in the agent business. I'm in the business of recruiting and retaining team members and agents. Well, that's fine. And it's true for the business model, if you will but your agents are certainly in the consumer business, right? Yeah. And so it's up to you and it's incumbent on you to give them the tool set that allows them to provide experiences for their consumers that are commensurate with Zillow and Open Door and Compass and Redfin and Keller Williams and Remax and these folks. And again, as we kind of circle back to the beginning, you don't have to have this end-to-end -end system, but you do have to have something that allows them to create experiences that are aligned with their consumer's way of doing life, right? And doing business. Um, and one, one of the things you just hit on is the, it's really, I call that convenience. Absolutely. Right. The, the consumer is moving more and more away from being maybe as price sensitive. For some people, it's price sensitivity. Sure. For no. others, for others, it's convenience, right? Absolutely. I want to be able to sell this home today and know that it's sold, but I want to be able to live here for another 45 days while yep. I'm getting something ready. Right. I mean, so, so anyway, I, and you can do that now. Definitely <laughs> something. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it, it's the world is changing around, around us. And for years, real estate was kind of immune to that. And it, it's not anymore. 
that's the bottom line. Yeah. And, and you need to be thinking about how you're creating, you know, uh, convenient experiences and, and like I, what we say, weightless experiences for your agents and consumers. Um, you know, that's just the bottom line. That's, that's the world we live in and it's going to take a mindset shift. And, and what I'm afraid of, and, and you and I have talked about this um, and the idea around the category king, right? Once someone has been crowned the king, they usually win consumer mind share, right? Google right. won. Even if Bing is the best search engine on the planet, they're not going to win, right? Google has won the mind share. And in a world where Compass, KW, Redfin, Opendoor, Zillow, right, that are, have the money to control the message and control the narrative, they are one by one picking up more and more consumer mind share. There will come a point potentially where it's like, uh, we can't actually compete anymore. We, we didn't embrace this and try to get into that mind share enough, uh, early enough. And I would hate to see, uh, you know, an, uh, the worst case scenario where you've got a real estate industry that has got like four or five major players and that's it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, for sure. So somebody like, there's no doubt all of those people I just mentioned are trying to be the category King. They've all explicitly said it. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. uh, so I don't know, it's, it's embracing that kind of mindset and how do you operate in that world? There's a ton of business still outside of like, you know, they're going to get a, a 20% of the market share. Okay. Well, there's still a lot of opportunity for, the folks that um, that embrace this, and there's no, no reason you can't be very successful doing real estate. Well, Rivers, I I could talk to you all day, and I, <laughs> I think everyone would love to keep hearing more of your uh, your thought behind some of this stuff. But I'm sure a lot of these people are going to want to call you. How sure. do they get a hold of you? Mm -hmm. uh, let's start with that. I just have a couple of questions here to wrap up. Mm -hmm. But what's yeah. the best way for people to get a hold of you? A um, couple different ways. Um, so the website is uh, Go Weightless. It's G-O-W, the number eight, L-E-S-S, goweightless.com. Um, you can search for me. I've got a pretty unique name, Rivers Pierce. Just Google me. You'll get in touch, I'm sure. Um, uh, or you can send me a direct email, uh, rivers at goweightless.com. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, find me. I'm around. Okay. I can give you my number, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> I noticed you said Google you, not Bing you. So <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm around. I am, uh, I'm, I'm at a lot of conferences and whatnot, but I'd love to talk to you. You know, we are in, I like being fully transparent. We're building something new um, and we're still figuring some of it out. And so I want to find partners that are interested in um, getting a really good deal on pricing potentially. And, and helping us figure some of this out because everybody's business is different and uh, we want to figure out how we can bring a service that, that provides value for people um, in, a, in a budget and a way that makes sense for them. Great. So if you were to just give one piece of advice, just, I mean, just what would it be? What's like the number one thing you would say to people right now um, with where we're at in this industry? I'm sorry, somebody just turned on a leaf blower outside my window. Um, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Again, I said at the beginning, follow up with your leads. I mean, do the core business things that you need to do. Um, a couple of things. Uh, though, or, or make sure your agents are following up with their yeah, leads. I guess. Right, right. Like, Accountability, right? Yeah. Um, is you've got to embrace technology as a, a team member, a pillar of your business. Um, it's not an afterthought. As a broker, I know your margins are thin. Even as a team leader, you know, it's, you, know you do have thin margins. Um, 
it's not a, a nice to have. If you offer subpar technology to your agents, it's going to be subpar experiences for the consumer. It doesn't create future success. So you've got to shift the mindset, embrace it, and be willing to say, yes, I'm in. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do, and that's okay. We've got people out here that can help you. If I can't, I'm sure somebody in my network can. Same for you. Um, and then from there, it's making that commitment and then implementing the infrastructure that allows you to create uh, convenience, certainty, transparency, and predictability for your business. And without that, again, if you look at the people you're going up against, the major players, the big brokers, the, the successful teams, and then the franchises and the, the Zillows and Open Doors of the world, they're thinking like this. They've got massive commitments to technology, to marketing, to infrastructure, to operations. They're certainly forecasting their growth, right? Like you've got to embrace that kind of mindset, whether you're a five person team, a 500 person brokerage, uh, or just starting out. So it's great. Great advice. The last, last thing I wanted to ask you is just, do you have a favorite book that you've, uh, hmm. you've read over the last few years that, or even the last 20 years that you yeah. hands out that um, uh, you suggest everyone get their hands on that? Um, I really like mindset. If you've read mindset, um, what's her name? Carol Dweck, Dweck, I believe. Um, yeah. That one was really impactful for me. I think Tom Ferry turned me on to that, but basically gets you thinking the, into growth mindset instead of a limited, you know, those limiting beliefs kind of mindset, getting into a growth mindset. Um, the other one recently you turned me on to was Play Bigger. Okay. I love that book. Uh, yeah. I, I, just in the past six months or so, that, that, that one's been really good is thinking about Category Kings and, and, doing something different. And uh, so those are my two for right now, for sure. Yeah, great. So that's great. If, 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 you've, if you're out there and you've never read, read a book on growth mindset, there are several of them out there. Uh, make sure and get a hold of those. Yeah. Uh, but mindset being one of them uh, certainly can change the way you're thinking and, yeah. and eliminate those limiting beliefs we have yeah. and the beliefs that we have about failure, right? I mean, Failing is, failing is uh, basically a roadmap to success, right? Absolutely. The more you fail, the more you have success. And, and I'll tell you this, I, I tell people a lot when they hire me just as a consultant, like you're hiring all the mistakes I've made, right? So you don't get to make them, right? That's part of what you're hiring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, Rivers, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch here in the next, in the coming weeks. And awesome. if I don't talk to you before Thanksgiving, enjoy your Thanksgiving and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. So there you have it. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, make sure that you use the coupon GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast on iTunes. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.